Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, life coach and psychotherapist, Nikki Eisenhower. And on today's episode, I am interviewing Lindsay Matthews, doctor of chiropractic, birth doula, NLP practitioner, strength and conditioning coach, and creator of the movement BirthFit. Hi, Lindsay. You nailed it. Yeah, that's who you are. Isn't it nice to kind of hear somebody <laughs> announce you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow. Thank you very much. Thank you for saying all that. And thank you for having me. You're so welcome. <laughs> thank you for being on. Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, this is an interesting match because I am not a mother and I have chosen not to have children in this world. And I think maybe that's a great place for us to start because I do think there's a weird energy yeah. in the world. Like there are women who have babies and there are women who don't and there's kind of an us against mm -hmm. them. And I, I think there's such an opportunity for us to be an ally. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because most people um, assume I have children because I'm the founder and CEO of this company called BirthFit. But I actually don't have kids either. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize that because yeah. I totally assumed that. Okay, <laughs> that's great. I'm glad we're naming this. Yeah. So same page there for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty wild. Um, I, I like to say birth it for sure is my baby. And then we'll see what happens in chapters later on in life. But for now, this is my baby for sure. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny to hear you say that because I really thought I was going to be a mother for all the years of my life and then a few years yeah. ago like it was but it just was always swimming upstream and just really didn't feel right each time I kind of thought I'd yeah. get into that space of becoming a mother and then I gave birth to the podcast <laughs> and this is Ooh, there you go yeah and it's a real yeah. way for me to channel because I'm very maternal and so it's a way for me mm -hmm. to really channel um my love and my maternal qualities and my feminine energy into really giving yeah. birth to to all the different things that we give birth to in this world other than babies. Absolutely, absolutely. Even, even though babies are fabulous. Babies um, are fabulous. They're wonderful. Yeah. They are. So tell me, yeah. let's tell our listeners what, what birth fit is and how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll give you kind of the elevator speech and then we can dive in wherever we want. But um, yeah, BirthFit is a movement, is a, it is a style, it is an approach to birth specifically, like the birth process, parenthood, um, the parenthood transition, adoption even. And it's a movement and education-based company that lives online and in in-person classes. 
So there's kind of two routes for somebody to be involved in BirthFit. And one could be this BirthFit leader route in which they come to us, they get trained, and then they start teaching the classes in their communities. And then the other route is, you know, if you're on the financial side, it's the direct-to-consumer route, meaning um, the the customer, wherever they are, can buy one of our programs online and move and train in basically a intentional experience, sustainable way throughout their pregnancy and then rehab postpartum. Um, so our, our niche covers, um, we like to say three months prior to conception and then 12 months postpartum. And it started for me as a blog, um, which is wild to think about even like now it still feels very new, but it also feels like so long ago. Um, it started as a blog and it was around 2011, 2012. And I was just writing about my experiences. And I'm sure many of your listeners and people that uh, tune into this podcast can relate. You know, I grew up very uh, standard American, as I like to say, where I didn't see birth, but I didn't see breastfeeding and I didn't see um, sisterhood. And I just, you know, the only thing I saw, which is amazing, is a mom that was an entrepreneur and that fought to stay in the workforce, which I like to say I got a blend of, um, you know, the masculine and the feminine energies. Mm -hmm. Whereas my mom was striving so hard to, you know, cultivate that masculine energy and stay in the workforce. But, um, yeah, it started for me as a blog and I was just in awe of the experiences that I was getting to observe and be a part of. And I was a doula as a um, chiropractor and a strength and conditioning coach. And then I'm also a trained NLP practitioner. So that kind of mixes in there, but I was having the opportunity just to be a part of so many people's journeys. And, um, you know, I observed birth or, a chiropractic session or a training session. And that's where all, all the opinions were born. But mainly it was, um, you know, I was like, why didn't anybody tell me this information was out there? Or, you know, why didn't anybody tell this woman that came to me that she had options? And, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about kids at that time. Still, I still feel like 16 year old. 16 years old and thinking, when am I going to have kids? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> so um, I wasn't even thinking along those lines, but more along the lines of like, what the heck? Like this information was hidden from me as a woman and as somebody that could possibly want kids one day. Um, so yeah, I started, started writing my opinion and then people wanted to be a part of it. I was seeing messages about, the blogs I was writing and the classes I was teaching. And out of that, the BirthFit leaders were born. And they used to be called regional directors, but we call them leaders now. Um, and they would take the classes that I was teaching in Los Angeles, California, and use the curriculum in their communities and um, share the education that, you know, we all kind of created as a community. It's the education has definitely evolved and, you know, we, we have the, um, I, I like to say we have the upper hand in that we get to talk to each other and we don't really wait for, um, you know, 
science or research or something to say, hey, this is working. Like we have groups in which women share their experiences with conception or birth or anything in the postpartum period and sharing their stories, the realness, the, the unfiltered versions of everything. Um, so yeah, we have a pretty amazing community and, you know, I like to tell people it's just versus raw, real information and it's up to you, you know, what you do with this. It's your choice. We're very um, parallel. Can... We're very parallel yeah. in, in this area be- because it's part, I don't hear a lot of people talking about this other than me, <laughs> that anecdotal <laughs> evidence is so important and powerful. Like if I do emotional yeah. healing in my work and you're talking about women having babies, I mean, we've been dealing with these things since the beginning of time. We have a lot of our own evidence. Yeah. And when we just yeah. share our stories, that's valuable. That's not invaluable just because we haven't figured out how to study mm-hmm. that in a lab. Right, right. Because it doesn't fit the certain lab criteria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so powerful. And I think, um, you know, um, I mean, I could go off on a ton, ton of tangents, but um, right now, you know, I think a lot of stuff um, coming to light or being, being brought to the surface. And amongst some of those things is like that our medical history has been predominantly written by males and, um, you know, very conservative white Christian males or Catholic males, religious males. And, um, you know, that there's no part of, um, the woman's lens in any of like the medical history of America. So I think we're in an interesting space of, you know, America's a baby in the grand scheme of things. And like you said, we've been doing this forever. So it's pretty amazing that, um, even now still some of the stories and the um, just the wisdom and I like, like the ancestral medicine still gets passed on. It's, a, it's so amazing that, um, you know, stuff like that isn't lost. And I think it will hopefully be at a space to where we can embrace the two, you know, Western medicine, Eastern medicine, grandma's medicine, environment, everything. But I think, uh, yeah, we're kind of like shedding the light on things right now in the medical schooling system. Yeah, <laughs> it's such it's such important work. Uh, what I've found over the years being a counselor and a coach is that when women are deciding to have a child or they become pregnant, and we really know very little. Like our high school educations, even our college educations. I've got a master's degree. None of that education was about birth or really in-depth no. getting to know my body as a woman? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so as I've learned some of these things, because I really, um, Ina May is someone that I have had a yeah. full-on like girl crush on. <laughs> as weird yeah. as that is for me to say, Ina May is sort of the midwifery um mother like in our country right so I've read all of her books and I really thought I would go like a midwifery route like at at one point Mm. in my life and when I've shared that information like you know your body is this amazing vessel that is meant to carry Mm -hmm. this child and deliver it there's nothing medically wrong with you you aren't sick like this is exactly what is supposed to happen and has been happening since the beginning of time and guess what 
newsflash, you get to be an empowered part of that process. <laughs> totally. And, ah, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, just on that sentence alone, whenever, like, I was thinking of that image flash of the birth I was at last night, it's just when a mom and, like, the couple and whoever's there, like, when she believes in herself and the people around her are like supporting her, they believe in her probably more than she may believe in herself in some moments there. But um, it's a really powerful experience. And I think that kind of shakes all those humans in that room. And I think it just, you know, that kind of birth experience has ripple effects down the line. But um, yeah, to go off what you were saying about, um, you know, not learning about things in school. I mean, you're exactly right. Like I went to chiropractic school and I came out and I was like, okay, so I want to specialize in pregnancy and postpartum. So what do I do? And the only thing available was this diplomat program, which is amazing. It's put on by the ICPA. It's pregnancy and pediatrics, but there was only one weekend for pregnancy. Wow. I was like, wait, yeah. <laughs> so wow. what's That's going a nine on? month process and, already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I talked to my friends, like I had school uh, friends that were in medical school and I had other friends that were in PT school and, you know, it was very similar across the board. Like we were just not educated in the, like the, the power of the birthing body. And you know, I had to, this was back in 2009, so 10 years ago, only 10 years ago, but also, wow, 10 years ago, I was doing um, anything like kind of underground seminar I could do just because I realized that there was, I, I, I didn't learn it in the standard school system. And you're right, like I didn't learn about my period. I just learned not to have sex because it was not the Christian thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, there was no, no real conversation mm -hmm. about other than you, you will and, feel shame. So don't do this. That was yeah, about the extent. Yeah. We're just pouring on the shame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's wild. And I, um, I recently read somewhere and I wish I could remember where, but speaking of like female anatomy and you know, it, the textbooks and stuff, they, the clitoris, which is part of female anatomy, mm -hmm. wasn't even included in textbooks until like the 1980s or 90s. Whoa, so, really? Yeah. Oh. So just think about like my parents' generation, <laughs> they for sure do not know where the clitoris is. So Yikes. of course it's that it's foreign. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's mind blowing. Yeah. That's mind blowing. Yeah, so we got to change the textbooks. We got to change the way people are taught. Um, <laughs> maybe take the religion um, conversation out of it just a little bit more, you know, because like we were just we just said, there's so much shame kind of mixed in, intertwined with the initial sex conversations for young adults. Well, Ugh. and I think about how that aligns with a healthcare education because you went through chiropractic school and an ex of mine I was with went through chiropractic school. So I sort of witnessed that process. Yeah. And the, yes, thank you. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the thing that, that struck me about my own healthcare as a counselor education was how much of it was taught. Cause I don't think the general public knows this, that how much of your education when you're in healthcare is about being the professional 
And I think back, mm-hmm. like you were saying about kind of how all of our healthcare was created by these sort of Christian based white guys in, in mm-hmm. medical codes mm-hmm. that really came from a perspective of I am higher than you. I am different than you. I am the authority figure. You are not like me. You are here to listen to me. And I am the authority. You are not. You don't know what's going on. And that that's really has been taught to healthcare professionals because they teach you that Mm -hmm. so that you can sort of have a confidence. But when that confidence is taken to an authority, that's so disempowering to the patient or Mm -hmm. to the client that's in front of you. So I think people like me and people like you are out there maybe changing that for healthcare that, hey, I'm not the authority figure. I am the co-collaborator with you. You know about your Mm -hmm. body. Yeah, you know about your body better than anybody. And when you start getting those mixed signals, um, you know, I just had a client, she's pregnant and she went to her OB-GYN and she felt really just like pressured into, um, getting the flu vaccine Mm. and it was she went two visits in a row but she was like I'm gonna make my husband get it first and then see how he does and he got sick so she came back and told the I don't think the doc this I don't think this is a good idea for me but um you know she grew up very much like that and she was just like I'm so surprised that they just didn't listen to me the first time when I said no I don't think this is a good idea for me you know, um, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's just an example that can happen with anything, but, um, it's, you know, when you're, I think we're realizing that when we're engaging with a healthcare professional and they almost take the power away from us rather than, Hey, what do you feel in your body? What do you think that's saying to you? Or, okay, I think once a week for six weeks would be great to see you. How do you feel about that? You know, when they're, basically like you said, the authoritative figure telling you what to do, then there's no room. There's really no room for you to grow as a human, much Mm -hmm. less heal, you know? Yes. Um, Yeah. And I think that empowerment really, it, it flows. There's such a butterfly effect. Like my Mm -hmm. very best girlfriend, when she had her first baby, she brought out the birthing chair and all of the medical students and residents that were in the hospital or in the birthing center, they all came to watch because they had never seen a woman mm. use the birthing stool. This is something that has been used for I don't know how long, but I'm thinking over a century. And yeah, they, they probably had and doctors have prettier stools. <laughs> so those of us that I think are brave enough to empower ourselves and to step up and go, yeah, I'm doing mm-hmm. it a little differently. Even if all of y'all give me funny looks, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> then we really empower yeah. and spread that knowledge because those medical students, those residents, now get to go on and take that forward. They were all amazed, Absolutely. and that was from yeah. her strength of being able to trust herself and align with health practitioners that encourage her to be empowered and to act from that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever I see that, I always want to just like rewind the tape on that person's life and be like, what, how did you get here? What get, like gave you the confidence? What gave you the groundedness? Like to be so, to show these people, you know, like she, she had to be so sure of herself, you know, in that instance. Yes. And just so much trust in herself. And that's, that's so powerful. So yeah, I always want to like, what, how did, what were, 
all the little tidbits that got you here. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know what goes like I was listening to some of um, your stuff before our interview, and um, I I really love the conversations you have and the healing and um, uh, talk around healing and the um, God, what did you call it? the part. Um, oh, which is you. a really great analogy. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes I'll use like the different rooms in a house mm-hmm. analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you were reminding me of, um, you know, when couples come to me and I really like working with couples, like as soon as I can, um, to be their doula and to start just getting to know them early on. And one of the things they always ask me is, okay, what do we need for birth? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't really need anything. Um, I mean, we could show up tomorrow and it'll be great. But um, like you need to store it, like you need to clean up the house basically. And like my metaphor is like cleaning up the rooms of the house, which is very much, you know, like you're saying with the parts and stuff. And, you know, I think, having kids or being called to like carry kids or be a parent or whatever. It's like hyper speed of forcing people to sort their shit out, whether they like it or not. And I wish everybody could go through that. Like you're, you go through it, you know, with the podcast and I think I've gone through it to get to, the, to this business, but I think you're, you're onto it whenever, like in what you're saying with the parts and stuff. And, um, that's the number one piece of advice that I would give people is whether you're thinking about having kids or not is clean up the house, you know, Mm -hmm. sort all the stuff out, all the crevices. Um, Yeah. So that you know who you are and who you are in this world and what your values and priorities are. And then you can go and make decisions from there, from that empowered state. But uh, it's an easy world to get lost in. It is. Well, and I think that's part of the education that we miss is that we're not having mm-hmm. enough like active, direct messaging all throughout our lives from elementary school on up that, mm. hey, one of the best things you can do for yourself and any people that you bring into the world is figure yourself out first. That is the, your number <laughs> yeah. one investment is you. And it's so crazy to me. I I just, I haven't released it yet, but I just uh, recorded an episode on my student loan situation and experience. Oh my God. I know. It's one of my scariest episodes. I haven't (laughs) released it yet. (laughs) Because like that, that's something that we don't talk about. And so we have people investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in education, but then we don't really know how to invest in ourselves. And so there's a lot that's so Mm. skewed out there in terms of what we're telling people is really important. And there is no more important Mm -hmm. thing to me than figuring yourself out, whatever that means to you Mm -hmm. and cleaning up all of those rooms of your house and even knowing that that's, that's our job. Yeah. It's part of the journey. I think for sure. Oh, the student loan. Wow. You got me thinking there. Yeah. People are not afraid to throw away money. Um, or put money into an education or a house, but God forbid they you know, do some work on what triggers them or what 
you know, grief or anything that they're dealing with. Or what their blocks are, what their addictive tendencies are that get in the way of living the life that they want. Yeah, these are all investments in ourselves. (laughs) So I want to ask you and give you an opportunity to share some of your programs because I love that you touch on sort of the what I might call like the lifespan of a pregnancy, sort of from idea, like you said, three yeah. months before conceiving, all the way through to mm-hmm. a year postpartum. Because, you know, one of the things that, it, that I keep seeing as a feminist in heart and spirit, I keep seeing moms and new moms who have one or two babies who are so tired and so depleted, who mm-hmm. keep thinking that they are supposed to be doing everything I think it's a, it's an unfortunate oh consequence yeah. to feminism that we've been told we can do anything, which a do lot of us all. take as we should do everything. Yeah. So I wind totally. up supporting a lot of moms like through that period of being pregnant and then being a new mom or bringing the second child in and managing the first child. So talk to me about your programs and what what you offer and how you meet women right where they are. Mm. Yes. So, okay, there's a number of different ways and I'll start with like the most, the most accessible way to get involved with birth fit. And that would be just to listen to the podcast. We have a podcast. Um, there's birth stories, there's birth professionals, experts, um, like pelvic floor PTs, all kinds of stuff on the podcast. So you can really find, um, you know, an episode for any type of question you have. Um, And then there's the blog and both of those are free information. Um, So if you're somebody that's just kind of like inquiring, not sure where to start, those are all good places. Um, And then we have our birth fit, what I call signature series. And these are classes or workshops that each of the birth fit leader teaches. And we have the birth fit prenatal series, which is, our version of birth education. And in this class, it's basically um, a weekend intensive or we can divide it up over four weeks. But it's like it's, in, it's an intensive amount of information as well. So we start with basically birth history in America um, and then land on where we're at in America, like with current stats. And, you know, that... Just that bit alone, I think, kind of opens people's eyes up to things. Like, for one, we spend close to $98 billion in America, and we have one of the most, um, if, not, if not the worst, infant and maternal mortality rates out of um, industrialized countries. We also have you know, a 33% cesarean rate, and um, the World Health Organization recommends that a country for the health of their species or their culture and society be at 10 to 15%. Um, So we kind of have some not so amazing stats when we're spending a ton of money and that's basically where we're at. We also, you know, if we're looking at the grand scheme of things in our country, the health of our population overall is just really um, not healthy, chronic disease, um, you know, not moving, Oh, yeah, overweight. it's an epidemic. Uh, it's out of control. Yeah, mm-hmm. out of control, depressed. Um, yeah, so there's there's that. And we kind of paint the picture for people in this class. And then we introduce what birth fit is, um, some movement that they can take away with them and practice 
daily throughout their pregnancy, some breathing and kind of meditation tips. We also get into um, discovering what your desires and what your desires are around birth and then what your values are as a couple. Um, and then we go through this, we call it the longest birth preference sheet ever, ever. <laughs> but it's basically um, a birth plan. Like I say birth plan because most people have that familiar language, but we call it a birth preference worksheet. I like that. And mm-hmm. so, it's, yes. So it's nine pages, honestly, <laughs> and we go through it and they sit home with it for homework and come back with it. And then from this, everybody in this class builds their own preference sheet. And it's a one-page sheet with maybe 10 to 12 bullet points. So we ask them to pick what, what like matters most to them out of this worksheet. And then we're going to translate that to just a one-page thing you type up and you're going to give to your midwife or your ob guide and your doula or whoever. Um, so we kind of know what the priorities are for the person and they do too. Like for instance, on this sheet would be, um, you know, maybe for one couple, they really have discovered that they value movement. So they know when they get to the hospital, if they're doing a birth at the hospital, that um, they really need to ask right away for the um, cordless monitor or or intermittent monitoring for fetal heart rate. Um, you you, You know, if you weren't taking a birth education class, much less this one, like why else would you know to ask for that information and be an advocate Mm -hmm. for yourself and what you need? Um, So yeah, those those kind of things are born out of that birth preference worksheet. And then um, we do some scenarios in this class and um, we finish with a postpartum plan worksheet, which is always (laughs) people are like wait what we're talking postpartum like yes the baby like the birth yes is the finish line but there's also like this other like 18 year marathon you got to run after that so Mm -hmm. that's on the other side (laughs) well and that to me sounds Um, like a preventative postpartum attempt yeah oh my god whenever we like this postpartum plan and it's simple like I could tell you right now, plan online and for 30 days, um, have somebody that is like your point person, especially if you have another kid, have somebody that's the point person for them. And then making sure you have food, chores are done. Like it doesn't smell, trash is taken out, that sort of thing. Um, just to like take care of yourself. You know who the point person is, you know who to, you have a person that you call if, um, like you're feeling down, out, bluesy, not grounded, whatever. Um, but you have a person that you can call that will be an ear to listen to, not somebody that's going to give you advice when you're not needing advice. You just want to be heard or to vent or that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, taking those kind of preventative measures postpartum, I think, can go a long, long way. And maybe the um, easiest part to overlook. Like because the new baby yeah. is there oh and that's going to get all of your yeah. attention. And so, yeah, I, I think this really contributes uh, to 
postpartum oh depression is just not having yes. kind of that space in time tended to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting excited hearing you talk. Oh my God. Because you're talking about <laughs> strong, empowered women allowing themselves to be helped. And this is part of why I teach boundaries yeah. because this this mm. requires boundaries. So, so many of us will not invite help because a lot of the help that we've gotten in our lives has not been very helpful. It's been more of a pain in the ass than helpful. And so a lot of us who are empowered and strong, we figure out, I can do it better on my own. And so we're we're very Mm -hmm. um, self-helping in that way. And that's great. And that's (laughs) wonderful. But we cannot do this life without getting help. And we have to have boundaries yeah. to be able to invite the help in, to be able to know how Absolutely. to say, no, that's not very helpful. No, thank you. I don't want that. Right. Or no, I don't even like that kind of food. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you make something else? Yes. You know? Thank you for like, the effort, but uh, no, thank you. Yes. Being able to advocate for yourself really takes a certain awareness and acceptance and working through of boundaries. Yeah. Oh, it's it. Yeah, and I think boundaries is definitely a word that, you know, we I didn't even think about until you pulled it up, but it's a word that gets thrown around, around a lot for sure. Um, but yeah, the postpartum period, you have to know basically where your yellow line boundary is, your red line boundary is, and when to stay, like, especially as a partner too, you know, like, hey, I just need an hour for myself. And then I can come back and be 100% for us, for this family, yeah. Yes, that's you know, why boundaries those, are so those important. Are huge. Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, so <laughs> totally derailed, but that's all in the birth education class, which is, you know, I said earlier, like this raw information, this real information. And as you said, the prevention on the postpartum side of things, like I don't know how to measure that or if there even is a way to measure that, but. I don't think you can. Postpartum. Yeah, I don't think yeah, you can measure anxiety. prevention. It's I think like, that's the problem kind of in in proving the kind of work not. that we both do is you can't prove what yeah. doesn't happen, what depression doesn't yeah. happen, what anxiety doesn't happen. You can't measure that. No, but I do know and like probably you do and others that it's at a, like an all-time high right now mm-hmm. and it's one in three women will experience some sort of symptoms of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, or somewhere along the spectrum of that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's like we were talking about. They're usually women that have been very successful. And this is just in my experience. They've been very successful because they've had to be independent. They've had to survive. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're isolated and they don't know how to ask for help because They've done everything on their own. Mm -hmm. And we're at this weird space in our world where community is not, it's not a default any longer. You know, like back years ago, um, community was built and it was almost like an automatic, whether it was church or the village you lived in or whatever, there were always people around. Um, But you take a mom that, um, you know, just birthed in a big city and she probably doesn't live near any relative. Mm -hmm. So she has to figure out, okay, I have to ask for help. And I also have to pay for help because a lot of the stuff that I need is not covered by insurance. So even just budgeting for that and no kind of an awareness around it ahead of time, I think will go a long way. Um, Yeah. No way of measuring. (laughs) 
Well, and you're naming something that I call like soft place to fall. Like it's to me that we've lost mm, community and, and yeah. in, in the past, there were just some safe places to fall, whether that was church yeah. or, or friend groups or even like book clubs, you know, um, PTA yeah. meetings, whatever it was, there was just more of a sense of live and in-person in your real life community. Yes, yes, absolutely. So we have to cultivate and, you know, that think, now. We have to yeah, really go I, after it and make it happen. It's not just there in the background that we can fall into when we need to. We have to actually put energy into put cultivating and having yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, honestly, I think that's what made BirthFit kind of take off is the, the our first class was the postpartum series which, you know, is similar to the prenatal series in that it can be offered four weeks, but it's a four-week class and it meets twice a week. And we have topics that are for discussion and then we have um, proper rehab and movement and breathing for that day. Mm. And so I think without even realizing what we were doing, uh, we were bringing the community back and cultivating that community and you know, forget about whatever we programmed for rehab because we could have just gone through and had the discussion topics. And I think, you know, 50 to 90% of the healing still still would have taken place for these women. Um, You know, so I think that the community is, uh, it's, it's magic and there's no way around it except just gathering in the physical space. Yeah, much needed. Thank you for putting yeah. that work out into the world. I'm, I'm so happy. I want to give Kat a shot a shout out because Kat, my assistant, I believe your oh, yeah. admin too, is who yeah. connected us. She said we just needed to meet. Oh, I love it. Kat's pretty special. She makes she makes the world go around. She does make the world go around. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So thanks, Kat. Kat's business, just to give her a shout out, is Chartered Creative Services. Find her if you need yeah. a cat in your life. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I wanna pretty amazing. Yeah, I wanna thank you for sharing your time with me today. Is there anything else that you wanna share with this emotional badass mm. audience about what you do or what you offer or who you are in the world? No, I get you know, I think what you're doing is really powerful and I think, you know, all humans, whether they're um, birthing or not would benefit from listening to the topics on your podcast. So oh, I think thank you. It's um it's some powerful stuff and you do it in nice little bite sized pieces. Um but yeah, I would just say, you know, if you are approaching the parenthood transition to approach it with curiosity and love and when you start feeling overwhelmed or rough, just take a step back and breathe. And know that you don't have to make a decision about anything. (laughs) I always tell people, just breathe, take a step, take a moment, pray, do whatever you got to do, and then make a decision. So yeah, that's that's what I would leave everybody with. I love that. That's fantastic advice. If we could all just walk through the world with a little bit more of that in our pocket, (laughs) day in and day out, there'd be a huge (laughs) ripple effect. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I just want to say again, this is Dr. Lindsay Matthews from BirthFit. And is it birthfit.com? Do I have that right? 
Yeah, nailed it. Go find her at birthfit.com. She has practitioners and, and leaders all over the world, not just all over the United States, but all over the world. So you have a good chance yeah. wherever you are to find her and to find her work and to connect. And just like my work, her stuff is online too. So there are multiple ways to reach out and connect with Lindsay. I'm an emotional badass. Lindsay is an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Thank you. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 